0: Hello, and welcome to Banking Transformed. I'm your host, Jim Roos, owner and CEO of the Digital Bank Report and co-publisher of the financial brand. Founded in 1935, Alliant Credit Union was created to serve the employees of United Airlines. With most members traveling across the globe, the top 10 credit union had far fewer branches than other firms in size. Today, it has transformed itself entirely into a digital-first financial institution with no branches, but with a nationwide presence. To cement his leadership position, Alliant named Dennis Devine as their CEO in mid-2020. Prior to Alliant, Dennis held senior positions at KeyBank, Citizens Financial Group, and PNC Bank. To understand what makes Alliant unique and why a legacy big bank executive would want to downsize, we're joined by Dennis Devine, the CEO of Alliant Credit Union. Dennis will share his perspective on how Alliant delivers the best digital experience while still meeting the expectations of a great human experience. So welcome to the show, Dennis. While it's been a while since we have talked, a lot has certainly happened in the past year. Obviously, we've all been impacted by the pandemic, but you also made the decision to join Alliant Credit Union when the coronavirus had already disrupted the entire banking industry. Probably even more interesting is the fact that you jumped to a modest-sized credit union from KeyBank, where you had been president of the Consumer Banking Division. Prior to your time at KeyBank, you spent time at Citizens Financial and PNC as well. So I got to go with the first obvious question. What prompted you to move from a 20-year career at a large branch-based bank to
1: Digital First Credit Union? Digital First National Credit Union is a good start to that answer. A ton of what we do is identical. So, um, you know, after a couple of decades at some of some remarkable institutions with really incredible people, you learn some things about how to do good work in the context of a good financial services organization. But Alliant is very unique. National Digital Credit Union, uh, not many can say that. We own our uniqueness. Jim, we've got an incredibly different model, 100% digital with a 24 by 7 member care center that's attached to it. But you look at aspects of the business and it is ripe for doing some incredible things for customers. We call them members in the digital age. And so that's what's prompted uh, the, exciting, uh, the exciting move.
0: So in following your career through many of your stops, one quality you were known for is being a change agent within the organization that you serve. You really tended to be a person that moved things forward, moved things forward rather quickly in a lot of cases compared to what was done in the past. So was this change to Alliant more of a natural progression that mirrored the digital transformation that's co- taking place in the industry as a whole?
1: It's fun to, be, to hear you describe me as a change agent. My first job in uh, in, in life was as an attorney, which doesn't always come uh, <laughs> next to those titles. Shortly thereafter, I was a CFO. Any change comes from a couple of things. One is being obsessed with what your customers, our members want, and so just spending an enormous amount of time looking closely and understanding that. And then the second is listening to your team, empowering your people. The best part of any role is being surrounded by incredible folks who are doing incredible things and, uh, and seeing that happen. So um, yeah, there's an opportunity to do that. When you work at a nimble organization that is that has the ability to do things though on a national scale, you can make change happen relatively quickly. And we're already starting to see that uh, at Alliance. We've grown our membership twenty percent this past year. Wow! Um, We've embarked upon some national influencer strategies, and um, we think we're just getting started.
0: By trade, at least, you're a legacy banker, and I, I hate to say that, especially with somebody like you who, who you really enjoyed change. And, you know, a lot of a lot of bankers who've been in the banking industry a long time really hang on to what they've learned and what they've done well because it's comfortable. Plus. We're all surrounded by other bankers that are similar to us. I mean, I kid about the fact that at a, a mid sized organization, usually you have a situation where you have all these legacy bankers that came up through the system together, that played golf together. I hate to say it, but mostly white males. And, and there wasn't a whole lot of change going on. But what part of your role as a legacy banker was most helpful as you embarked upon your new responsibilities at Alliance?
1: The ability to see the entire landscape. So, we are organized as a national digital credit union, but no member of ours thinks about us in those terms. They face all the competitive options that exist in the universe, from the largest national banks to the neobanks to the fintechs to the other technology partners. And so I think that perspective is really helpful in terms of seeing strategically where we fit. The partnerships mean uh, everything. And so, you know, I've got a couple decades of partners in the industry, talent that I know technology partners, pick your category. And especially at our scale, we are more reliant on strategic partners than most would be. We're not going to go build things that we don't have unique competitive advantage to go build. And so those relationships help in significant ways. When you are in the fun and guts of a big complex organization, you also appreciate the power of end-to-end perspectives, bringing the member experience through the entire journey that the member is going to have. And so I think there's a lot of things around those traditions, which, uh, which really help.
0: So, you know, on that concept of partners, um, our research has found that because of the many moving parts to better serve the consumer, the ability to inspire innovation and to be agile and to change management or an organization has really become more difficult. I, I mentioned to you in the, the pre-call that I've met with a lot of bankers lately, and, and the number of priorities that everybody has, the number of things going on, makes it very difficult to move forward. But I would imagine that one of the ways you keep up with these market changes and the expectations of your members is that you do work with the partners and and solution providers. So you find this is a, I mean, I, I believe this is the only way a company can survive, because they can move faster and more, be more agile and, and can push the elements forward in a way that you can't do yourself. So you find this to be a pretty important component of what you do at Alliant? Essential.
1: So, and we've invested in some super talented folks and learning and development of our people on how to do it. It's interesting, Jim, how many courses are there in the world on how to be a good partner or a good partner manager? And so we don't call our procurement team, our procurement team, we call it our strategic partner management team. and it's all of our our jobs. We're really thoughtful about who's the executive owner and who's the partner owner. But a week ago I was in a meeting and um, we were hearing from a senior leader, one of our partners. And what this person said was, she said, Alliant stands out as among our very best. People ask, how can we partner better? And we point to the relationship we have with Alliant. That gives me chills because in a world where scale matters, finding folks that you can work with. And and that doesn't come without hard work, effort, honesty, authenticity, and what those interactions look like back and forth. And believe me, we're not perfect. There's plenty of work to do every day on on those fronts, but we do think that that is a critical ingredient. If you're going to be successful in this industry to take those partnerships incredibly thoughtfully and recognize win-wins must occur. The other party to your partnership has to be successful. You can't get everything that you want, you have to give. And when you do that, usually the sum is greater than the individual parts and people can really thrive with one another.
0: So it's interesting, you, you talk about the, the change engine, the partnerships, but while you're a top 10 credit union, you're still relatively small, the whole scheme of things as far as financial institutions. How do you get your partners, your strategic partners, your solution providers to give you the attention that's needed to move at the speed that you have to as a digital organization. I mean, it's different if you're working for what I'm gonna call a legacy organization. Your comparison is the speed of what you were working at before. But a digital organization, by the nature, has to work faster to keep up with expectations. How do you get the attention? Is it because of the way you 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 actually serve your partners? Or or what else do you have to do to take a place with these large organizations that sometimes your partners?
1: There's definitely some give and take here, right? So let's be real there is less revenue to be had in a relationship with Alliant than there's going to be with a large financial institution. And you're right, we're one of the 10 largest credit unions, but there are more than 100 banks who are bigger than us. And so as you think about the calling list, that's going to be a factor. On the other hand, I was in a meeting with the CEO of one of our key partners on Monday afternoon, uh, dinner on Monday night. In the pre-call, I shared with you some other meetings that I've been in recently. I am personally involved in strategic partner meetings on a regular basis. What do you think is easier to get done—to get a decision at Alliant with an Alliant team and a focused, bold effort, or try to navigate through the waters of a large, complex organization? Some are better than others, yep. no mistake. But folks, look at us, and we have many partners who work with the largest in the country or in the in the world, and nevertheless, they they find us valuable as representative clients because incredibly talented folks. Most of my team um, deep through the organization have years of experience, many with some of the largest institutions, and they want the opportunity to do innovative, great work and make their partners successful. So you took the
0: role uh, that you have today in the middle of last year, in the midst of a complete shutdown uh, from of work as we knew it. But you also came at a time when your members were demanding digital solutions. That was the only option they had, but they already were used to it. What was the first thing that you focused on when you started Alliant?
1: Clarity and focus. Um, it's just imperative that we not try to be everything to everyone. And so my team would tell you, um, and our, my board, I think, would tell you the alignment of the team around a common set of principles. And I shared, we're very unique. If you look outside in at our business, you're going to say, if you Google best credit union, we're going to show up at the top of most lists because of what we give back to our members. I should I should I should share with you how distinctive that proposition is. But you're going to see some things you're going to wonder about too. The old CFO and me would say we have among the industry's highest cost of funds. You know, plenty of consultants call me and say, "Hey, we've got some ideas for you on how you can improve your margin." We have among the highest cost of funds, and we are proud of it. We're organized around that um, to give as much back to our members. Our incentive and performance measurement structures are actually organized around how much can we give back in deposit rate? How much can we give back in credit card rebate? How low can our fee structures be to our members? How many other financial institutions do you hear say that? It's, it's true, structurally true for us. The second is we have among the industry's worst fee income, and we're proud of it. There's a lot of, it's, it's a hot topic in the industry right now, but there's a lot of revenue being derived in the form of deposit service charges and other fees to customers, to members. It's never been part of who we are. It never will be, We'll be even more ambitious and disruptive, I think, on that front going forward. But the third is, we have among the industry's best cost structure. When you're as focused as we are, and you have a national digital franchise, you don't have the cost of branches, you don't have the cost of operations, you don't have the complexity of all these different business units, objectively, those pieces work so that we can offer remarkable value with focus. But if we try to dilute it and be everything to all, we can't be successful.
0: So I've written a lot of articles in the financial brand and done research for the digital bank report on the importance of a digital culture, digital leadership, and employees who really embrace a role within a digital organization. What's the biggest difference you've seen between Alliant and I'll say without pointing any fingers at any one institution, what I'll call the traditional banking organization. Is it that those things, the culture, the leadership, and the way the employees view their role? Well, we have plenty of
1: work to do. And some of the institutions I've worked with are just swimming with incredibly talented folks. But I will I'll share an example. We will grow members this year faster than the institution has in the last 85 years. And there's a few different things we're doing that we have new talented leadership, incredibly engaged leaders across a lot of different parts of our organization, but we also have new partners. And so Susie Orman is a national influencer and an awesome partner. We met her in October of this past year, and in early January, we were in market as not only sponsor of her podcast, but also with a unique offer into her membership that was available through all of our digital channels. And so the ability to engage, decide and act, you can imagine our team over the holidays, Thanksgiving, the December holidays, a pandemic, you know, and then uh, what we call team Susie to kind of, to kind of make this happen. That's possible with a team that is empowered, engaged, and wants to make, wants to make things happen. It would just be harder in a more complex organization to pull things like that off. And so but huge parts, Jim, of what we do is, is the same. We have agile teams designing uh, with you know, deep understanding of member needs, prioritizing against outcomes that we want to accomplish, and trying to bring those things to life. Um, so there's a lot of commonality to the, to the model. It's um, Ours is uniquely member-centric and with a clarity and simplicity that allows us to act.
0: So when you look at the whole environment of digital. One of the things we talk about a lot is that there's a big difference between saying you can do things digitally and being a digital organization. The difference between a 15 to 17 minute account opening process and one that is similar to, a, let's say, the Apple card, where it takes all of four screens in a minimal amount of time. How do you prioritize digital experiences over just doing things digitally?
1: I'll give you two answers to that. One is, our digital team and our member care team and our operations team are organized into one business unit at Alliant. That's an untraditional organization. And it's specifically to address this. When, when you said, what are some of the things you learned from some of the bigger institutions? It was the importance of that end-to-end journey. You can have the most beautiful right. user experience on, that, on your mobile device, And if that immediately defaults into a bad operations process or a series of calls into your contact center, you're not really digital at all. And so that would be the that would be the first. The second is use the power of analytics. I will tell you that when you're a member owned institution, you put all your analytic rigor into things that are member centered. Like, what are these defects? Where are we? Where are folks falling out? And then you empower agile product owners to make it their life's work to make these things better not just what does that user interface look like but what does that end-to-end journey look like why are folks being locked out in the first place why would they call the member care center why can't they self-correct that in the digital world why is that account opening not making its way on a straight through immediately funded basis those are the kinds of things that um, you, you you that that end-to-end vision Interestingly, it's, sometimes that's harder in a more complex organization because the digital team sits here and the ops team sits there and the contact center sits there. Um, our teams uh, our teams think about it with that uh, with that line of sight. Well,
0: it's interesting because at Alliant, your cost of funds, as you mentioned, are, is higher, but your cost of delivery is much lower, and that's just the, the nature of the beast in a digital organization. And you also talked about a 20% growth over the last year, which I would imagine a lot of that had to do with your, your cost structure and, and the ability to deliver a higher rate of return. How do you then cross sell into a deeper relationship out of that initial
1: product? As a member owned institution, we are all in and all out for our members. We believe that it's a myth that most have only one financial institution. Think about how many different financial institutions represent your wallet today, between your card and your checking account and your mortgage and your investments. If it were only one or two, you would be an unusual, um, unusually good bank client. We think that folks have abroad, and we should earn in, into, into each aspect of that. And so we want to have compelling solutions um, holistically. That said, of course, we tend, to, we tend to be very successful attracting members with our uh, high-yield savings account because it's, it's priced at or better than the leading direct banks in the country. And then once they experience the power of Alliant, get the benefit of other solutions we have Uh, a checking account that pays more interest than most banks pay on their savings accounts a bigger free atm network than the top two banks in the country combined no minimum balance no monthly maintenance fee the best fee structure quantitatively in the market Um, a credit card that pays two and a half percent cash back flat with no annual fee. And so um, we look to introduce compelling solutions to our members in the, in the context of that, um, in that relationship. Um, but we don't define success. There's no measure of how many products do we have with any given member. We, we don't wanna be a single service member, but digital engagement, right. multi-solution, that's kind of as much as we're looking for so that we can be as good for our members as we can be.
0: So would you consider Alliant today, and this can be a tough one maybe too, a uh, price or slash product first organization or experience first organization? What, what do you think you're better at acquiring through the pricing or keeping and growing by the experience?
1: Well, I'll answer your question, but then I'll say, of course, it's not one right. or the other um, value matters. Um, if you were, if you and I were walking through the halls of Alliant right now, you would see the, uh, the brand messaging on the wall that says first, we're savvy. We offer great rates, low fees, and intuitive digital experience. Savvy people working for savvy people. So it could be that most of the folks listening to this podcast have not heard of Alliant because of the size of the institution that we are. But then they're going to take a peek and they're going to look at the value that we offer. And they're going to say, if given a rational choice between that value proposition and what I get from my average FI, why not? But you can't stop there. Otherwise, we would have you know constant churn in our book as soon as there was a single five basis point flip or right. you know, any given thing. The second is, so the first is we're savvy. The second is we're selfless, owned by our members, not shareholders, so we can go all in. And so that's not lip service. It really does. What we're organized around decisions are framed that way, not around how much money can we make this quarter, but how much can we give back? We measure how much we give back. And then the third is socially responsible. Our members care about it. Our people care about it. We have a unique opportunity, we believe, to help close the digital divide that exists in our country as a national digital financial institution. We believe that technology is not a privilege. It's a it's a it's an essential need that we play a role to help folks, and not just for banking, but for healthcare and for jobs and for education. And so it's more than just uh price for sure, but it's a critical ingredient. As folks are shopping in a digital world, we better have awfully good value to offer.
0: My example I give is Amazon. Who would have thought that the basically the whole nation would pay $120 a year for the right to shop in a more efficient digital way? And we do that. It's not because of the free shipping, because we get that in any big box store. The reality is, it's the experience. It's the way they use data and analytics. And as you mentioned a couple of questions ago, it's the value transfer. At the end of the day, we get a consumers willing to give up a lot for good value and we see it daily and uh, so let's take a short break here and recognize the sponsor of this podcast and we'll get back to talk about some other things this episode of banking transformed is sponsored by FIS the way we move money is changing we want to send money in real time to the other side of the world We want everything in one place, integrated, seamless, and on our devices. Embedded, fast, standardized, and frictionless, as well as secure. These are our financial futures. The Financial Futures Podcast by FIS explores fintech innovation and the trends that are already transforming the way the world pays, banks, and invests across the globe. And the mechanisms we'll need to prosper in this new, brave landscape. Is the world's technology up to the challenge? Are we? Are those around us? FIS, advancing the way the world pays, banks, and invests. Welcome back to Banking Transform. So I'm joined today by Dennis Devine, CEO of Alliant Credit Union, one of only a handful of legacy branch-supported financial institutions that eliminated branches became digital first. So, Dennis, our research shows that the vast majority of financial institutions do not feel prepared to address the challenges of data analytics as it relates to personalization and recommendations of products to customers and even in the overall decision making. What is Alliant doing to use data and analytics to improve the overall customer experience?
1: I will tell you that with we talked about the value of partners. This is something that we are actively working with partners on as well. But The first is making sure that your data capabilities and your data infrastructure and your data tech is what it needs to be, and then is this is probably one of the powers of a more nimble organization. Focusing on specific outcomes that you want to accomplish, and so openly in a shareholder-driven organization, a lot of your data and analytics get into how do you find more margin in some of the interactions that you're going to do? Um, we're able to spend more time with a, um, with a, with a model that gives as much back to our members as we can on customer analytics in terms of what's driving call volumes, what's driving the IVR outcomes, what's driving the lack of first call resolution and spending our time and energy on those efforts. Um, my team has a standard cadence, but a member experience focused with the entire executive team, driven by the analytic capabilities that the team has, drives a huge part of how we spend our time and, and what we look to accomplish. And then you're able to measure the outcomes you get on the other side of that.
0: So it really does, un- really supports all your decision making. But I would imagine that you're still, I mean, as most financiers, probably just still scratching the surface because legacy mentality is that it was to most data and analytics is used to avoid risk and fraud. And now we're using it much more towards building the experience. And I would imagine it somebody's like client that has a, 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 a product-led solution, but you really want to be able to provide better services. You know, it works into your model to say, how can we better understand where our customers are in their financial journey and support them, correct?
1: And I'm blessed to have a team that includes some of the best minds in the areas of risk and fraud for, and some of the leading global and national banks are part of the team now as they bring that talent to the, uh, to the environment. But Jim, absolutely, yes. Um, how do you use the power of those insights of you tell the story better than anyone of when some other retailer knows you better than your bank does that we haven't done what's possible? That the lack of a branch doesn't make you less personalized. It should make you more personalized because uh, rather than relying upon the memory of an individual person, we now have the power of everything that we know about that uh, individual. And um, as we think about the changes underway over the last decade in our industry, and I think where you'll see the most rapid amount of change going forward, it'll be about the use of the power of those insights to really make the experience different. And the best retailers in the, on the planet are quite good at that. I think... Many of us, certainly we at Alliant, are looking, to, uh, are looking to catch up on a lot of those areas.
0: When you look at Alliant, you're, you're, you're really a digital organization. You're almost a disruptor or a challenger bank. Who do you consider to be your competition? You're trying to keep up with the top five financial institution, the FinTech providers, big tech firms, or simply trying, I'm gonna say simply trying to beat your local competition. But you don't really have a local competition, you have the nationwide. You know, what are you looking at as far as who you compete against?
1: The, the, the simple answer is yes, all of them, right? So we have a very defined persona of a, of a, of a customer, of a member that we want to attract. Um, and that person has relationships with a lot of the institutions that you just described. Now, our, the, the strength of our model is a, a member who has a little bit further along in their journey in life um, so that a high-yield savings account uh, a home decision, a mortgage or a refinance, a really high rebate rewards card um, are going to be interesting. Um, and as a result of that, everybody offers products like that. We think that for our model, it's not just about age and income, but behavior based. You know, there's a, this is increasingly true for everyone, but there's definitely true for some more comfortable with digital themselves, more willing to leave one of the major brands. And for those folks, we're just a remarkable option. You know, our, our savings rates are literally 10x what's available at most institutions. The uh, the checking, the savings, the more we we offer a ton, and so we're able to offer a disruptive digital experience that just provides much greater value, and a member centered experience that is that is that is very unique. But honestly, there are many many competitors, and I think that's. We want to be humble about that, but it also creates a great deal of opportunity for us.
0: Who do you look at in the financial industry right now? Um, probably being a challenger bank of some nature that you really you like the way they their model works. You maybe have worked with or talked to or engaged with their leadership. Who, what what new company out there do you really think? You know they're, they're kind of getting it from a digital perspective.
1: The big national institutions have done great work over the last decade of kind of really moving the needle, and so we are uh, deeply respectful of what they've accomplished. And we think for many for many of those customers, we have a lot more value to offer than they're getting from them right now. We think that um, it's been deeply impressive how many of the neobanks have grown like remarkably. The Chime in the cohort with simple, intuitive experiences that have allowed them to move. I mean they have membership numbers or customer numbers now that are larger than institutions that have been around for hundreds of years because they're so digitally centered. Most like us is probably going to be the, you know, the cohort of Marcus, Ally, SoFi, larger institutions than us, but institutions that have compelling propositions, digitally led, and are Little broader relationships than some of those pure neobanks are going to have. So um, that's, uh, I guess, a beginning view of how we would start to look at some of the markets. But as you know, things are fluid, and some of the largest tech players, um, you know, Google, Apple, Walmart. Um, as, you, as you, as you demonstrate to me, right? Um, it's a, it's a rapidly moving area, and it's important for us to always have our eyes on the horizon uh, to see what's out there. So,
0: how is Alliant trying to scale? I mean, as you said. You know, while, while you've grown tremendously, you're still a small organization in the scope of things. What are your aspirations for Align in the next three to five
1: years? Scale for us is all relative. Um, if I told you we were gonna double, triple, quadruple in size, we would still be a, a, a fraction of the size of the largest institutions. And so chasing scale for, bigger is not better for us. I guess to, to quote you from a little earlier in this conversation, better is better. And so we're actually pretty clear about our hierarchy of objectives. The first is the quality of member experience. We measure it by traditional formats like Net Promoter Score. As I mentioned, we actually measure it by how much are we giving back? How much better are we than the alternatives that our members have? So that's first and foremost. Um, If you ask me, what what do I want our asset size to be? I will default to that question, quality of member experience. The second is Social impact. I mentioned that's a core part of our proposition. We actually have core measures around it. And we're not a locally geographically based institution. Chicago makes up a little less than 15 percent of our membership, which means 85 percent is elsewhere, truly distributed across the country. But we measure the impact we're having on the lives of households around digital equity, employee volunteerism and other important things we do, believing that a diverse, um, equitable and inclusive society is just a better one for all of us. And our team is passionate about it. Then the third dimension we measure is the quantity of member impact. That's when we look at growth, and we think if we get those first two pieces right, we'll grow as fast as anyone does, and and we won't stay a best kept secret under those circumstances. We really will start to get um and but that's not the primary objective, as uh as our structure affords us the opportunity to really zero in on member impact as the primary objective.
0: From throughout our whole discussion, it, it feels like you're saying that. Alliant really believes that um, financial wellness, financial education is a real important component of what you do, because as you said, you don't have the geographical centrality to, to give back to the community in that way. And so really what you're trying to do is give back in the way that people manage their their money. Is that true? Pretty, pretty
1: close? Yeah. Words matter a little bit. And so in the eyes of our members, their journey to financial independence is what they really want. And we're working, uh, we're working to accomplish that with them. Um, social good will come from two dimensions. One is disrupting these traditional norms of banking that we think no longer serve folks. High cost distribution models, models based on inertia and occasional bad habits are not the way to work. And so we're changing those. And we hope that the more people pay attention to that, the more they shop. But then we will also do good by enhancing the digital equity. We, we have... A number of significant partnerships that we've embarked upon. We have a foundation attached to our uh, to our organization. Each of those areas are um, are really important to us and the good we want to accomplish.
0: So, so finally, Dennis, what recommendations? You've been on both sides of the the equation right now. So, what recommendations would you give to financial institutions of all sizes with, that are in the midst of a digital transformation journey? Number one, where should they start? What should they focus on first? And secondly, what do you think will define the winners in the future?
1: Focus and clear decisions. The hardest part, and these are completely rational, like amazingly talented organizations. The problems is, you know, for the better part of a couple hundred years, they were organized differently and they have profit pools and shareholder demands organized differently. And so the pivot isn't so easy because you end up making decisions that are very difficult to sustain in the near term but focus and clear decision-making. Um, winners are gonna be those that are adapting to change. Um, you see it in the form of m and right now, but I think even bigger than that, as an industry, we feel profit pools are changing dramatically. Sustained low interest rate environment is putting pressure on uh, interest margin. Both competitive behavior as well as regulatory attention is putting pressure on non-interest income. So this competitive influence is a, is a huge factor and you, you 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 need to build to an end game and a horizon rather than staunchly trying to defend what has always been. We're all here trying to do the same thing, you know, identify customers in our case members, what they need and build to that. The best models we've talked about today are obsessed with doing that. And it's tough sometimes when you're in a financial institution, you know, as a I, I can feel the best you can spend a lot of time talking about governance and financials. And a lot of things that are not at centered around the customer experience, even the digital teams can, as they get caught up in, you know, racy charts and um, you know, tech infrastructure, and those that are truly creating great value so that customers, members raise their hand and say, that's a great experience as you are proudly with your Amazon prime membership and your, uh, in your Apple card. That's, those were the, where the winners rely. And I think the more time you could spend on that, the funner this job is and The more value you're creating for your uh, customers and for our uh, industry.
0: I, I would agree totally, Dennis. And it's interesting because rethinking what you grew up knowing, you know, it wasn't until maybe eight years ago that people realized we didn't have to have signature cards. And, you know, I think in everybody's mind, we thought the government required it, and then we all realized that wasn't really what they required. They required something that was much more broad, and there was ways to do it now. I think I was talking with bankers in the last three weeks on a one-to-one basis in, in live events, which was really exciting not to see people all lined up in grids, but we talked about the difference between risk avoidance and risk management. Banks, in traditionally, were in a risk you know, avoidance mode. Risk management is a completely different management tool, especially as you start using data analytics. So it's re everything that we've known in banking for what is a digital way of life. And, you know, you have so many more tools at your disposal. So I, I just want to thank you very much for being on the show. You know, we, we've talked about it several times. You're local, so there's no excuse for me not having reached out personally and, and digitally. But, you know, I really appreciate you spending some time with us and talking about your journey. It's, it's your personal journey has been exciting, but certainly the journey of a lion uh, from its beginning, you know, quite a while ago to being where they are today. It's been it's been quite exciting, I'm sure.
1: Jim, uh, always a pleasure to catch up. Thank you for the time today. I enjoyed the discussion and um, I'm going to be listening to the boss to the rest for the rest of the afternoon as a result background. So um, thanks for a great day. We're born to run. There we <laughs> <you> go. <laughs> thanks a lot, Dennis. I start with doctors, But yeah, have a great day. Yeah, you too.
0: You know, what a great interview with Dennis Devine. You know, it's interesting because our, our career is kind of aligned in a strange way in that I went from the banking industry to work with savings loans. He went from the banking, the traditional banking industry to work for a credit union that was digital first. What an interesting perspective on what it takes to become digital and to keep that position and also his perspective on how they can offer a higher rate or, put differently, give back more to their members because of the fact they don't have the legacy cost structure that really makes it difficult for so many traditional financial institutions. Thanks for listening to Banking Transform, Just raised a top five banking podcast. If you enjoyed today's interview, please be sure to follow the show on your favorite podcast app and please provide a review of our show. Also, be sure to catch my recent articles on the financial brand and check out our amazing research we are doing for the Digital Banking Report. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thank you to our producer, Leah Longbreak, audio engineer, Sean Ruhl-Hoffman, and video producer, Will Pritz. I'm your host, Jim Roos. Until next time, keep learning and keep moving forward.